Welcome to the newest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network, Survive and Thrive, a podcast co-hosted by Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist, and Courtney Nordrum, Regulatory Counsel and Chief Compliance Officer at Deluxe. This season on Survive and Thrive, we're talking about compliance disasters, which befell companies because they weren't looking at the right clues, had their collective heads in the sand, or did not expect the unexpected. If you want to know how to prepare for and avoid disasters from the compliance perspective, this podcast series is the podcast series for you. Survive and Thrive. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to Survive and Thrive, a podcast where we unpack compliance crises and disasters, walk you through all the red flags which appeared, and give you lessons learned going forward. I'm your co-host, Tom Fox. And I'm Courtney Nordrum, Regulatory Counsel and Chief Compliance Officer at Deluxe. This season on Survive and Thrive, we're talking about compliance disasters, unpleasant situations companies found themselves in because they weren't looking at the right clues or didn't know what to look for at all, had their collective heads in the sand, or hadn't yet figured out how to expect the unexpected. Today's episode is all about performing and using root cause analysis to improve your compliance program. So Courtney, you've had your uh, weekend away and you've dealt with your uh, data privacy issue. Uh, Everything is just rolling along smoothly. You're doing the CCO thing and uh, you've got a couple of ongoing investigations, but hey, no big deal uh, because you have really good counsel handling it for you and and they wrap one of them up. And um, you, uh, of course, have just bought and read Tom Fox's new The Compliance Handbook, second edition. And you noted that uh, one of the changes the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission made was to increase the number of hallmarks from 10 to 11 and change the name from the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program to hallmarks of an effective compliance program. And that change was around root cause analysis. Now, you've been around the block once or twice, and you know what a root cause analysis is, but you think, you know, if it's moved up to the level of a hallmark, maybe I ought to take a look at it, particularly for this investigation that's just closed. So what um, what steps do you take uh, to do a root cause analysis? And maybe could you explain why it's different than an investigation? Sure. So an investigation, in in my mind, is you're looking to prove or disprove something. So you have a question or a report and you're investigating to see if it's true or if it's not true. Investigations are oftentimes the trigger for a root cause analysis, but to me, they're not the same thing. So when I'm investigating or I'm having a third party investigate, we're trying to collect facts and information that says, yes, this is true or this happened or no, it's not true or it didn't happen. With root cause analysis, I think it's it's the step beyond investigation. So it's really finding the reason behind activities. So in, in my head, I like to simplify things, right? It's really finding why employees are making bad choices. And I have a hard time believing that em- people make bad choices because they're inherently evil or ignorant. I, I have a better view on the human uh, population than that. So root cause analysis lets us figure out and find the source of the problem instead of only looking at the symptoms. Uh, Think of it like going to the doctor if you're sick. I have allergies right now, you can probably tell, 
that's a symptom. Having a stuffy nose is a symptom. And so when you have a symptom, your doctors ask questions and they run tests and hopefully they find the source of why you're sick and then attack that. The same principle applies in compliance. Look at the symptoms and find the source of what went wrong. So like I said, root cause analysis can stem from investigations or risk assessments. I found most commonly investigations tend to trigger it because investigations are a really good way to find out what's happening in your organization. If you uncover wrongdoing in an investigation, you have to seek the root of that problem. We know that the DOJ is talking about RCA, root cause analysis, and we know that they're also really, really big on continuous improvement of your program. And so seeking the root cause of any wrongdoing is going to tick both of those boxes. It's also going to give you really important insight into where your compliance program is lacking, if it is. I like doing root cause analysis uh, because I'm a nerd and it finds, it's a really interesting way to find where things aren't working like they should. We all know that we monitor and we audit and we train, but humans make mistakes and humans are fallible. And so root cause analysis allows us to get down deeper and say, why are people making mistakes? For me, when I'm looking at a root cause, I'm looking for the circumstances or the reasons that contribute to a compliance issue. Ask a ton of questions. I don't remember the guy's name. I think it might be Toyota, um, who founded Toyota. Uh, and, and he has a five whys. And basically the entire idea is that you just keep asking why. You're a two-year-old and you just say why. Every answer you ask why, 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 why. And eventually you're going to get down to the source. For me, I like to take the same approach. So what led to this issue? What conditions allowed this to happen? What do we need to do to keep this from happening again? Why? Why did this happen? Why was this employee put in this situation? Why didn't we have a control to prevent it? Why didn't the employee know the correct action to take? Why didn't they ask questions? And so when you do this, you eventually filter it down to uh, a, a miss on controls, processes or something in your program. And then that miss, that problem is, is then what you fix. So the name of that person, uh, Courtney, was Sikachi Toyoda, but he developed it for Toyota. You were spot on on that part. So let me ask, uh, not really a geek question, but perhaps a little bit more of a technical question. We are yeah. both lawyers, have legal training, do you feel lawyers are the best to do a root cause analysis or do you move to perhaps a different profession, internal audit, an engineering, an engineer or engineering profession or something that might be more technically focused? How, how do you uh, walk through that question? I think it depends on the uh, analysis you're trying to do. So if I'm trying to figure out something that's highly technical and why someone made a choice to encrypt this or not encrypt that or or something in information security, IT or engineering, I'm gonna loop in and, and possibly ask someone else to perform that root cause analysis, just because I don't have the expertise in that area. If it's a 
I, I don't want to call it a simple, but if it's a compliance issue uh, where there was training or processes interruptions or, or, or problems, then I'm probably going to do it myself. But I also think that one of the things as lawyers we have to be careful and be aware of is that people can be really intimidated by the title lawyer. Despite my lifelong effort to, to get people not to take lawyers seriously, um, people are somewhat intimidated when you say that you're a lawyer and, and they know in your organization that you sit on the legal team or you sit on the compliance team. And we really want everyone we talk to when we're investigating, when we're doing root cause analysis, to feel like they can be forthright with us and feel like they can be honest with us. So if you have someone on your team or someone on the audit team who you think would be a less intimidating person to help find the answers you're looking for, then it's not a bad idea to recruit them. Give them an outline, say, hey, can you ask these questions? Because ultimately we're trying to find the problems. And if people aren't willing to tell us the problems because they're intimidated, they think they're gonna get in trouble, et cetera, then we're never gonna find them. So use your allies, uh, use all of the people around you to help you gain a better understanding and maybe have them help with the root cause analysis by doing it themselves and reporting back. Courtney, I once heard Russ Berlin say, and if you have a compliance failure, uh, you have had a de facto gap analysis and that gap analysis demonstrated that there was a gap in your compliance program. And that's why after any compliance failure, you really should do a root cause analysis. But now I wanted to turn to how do you use a root cause analysis? Because it's certainly one thing to find that out, but as the Department of Justice has really moved in its thinking uh, to, it's not so much did you have a failure, it's what did you do? You know, whether you call that continuous monitoring or continuous improvement, I hear what did you do about it? How do you use a root cause analysis to answer that question? What did you do about it? <laughs> So you use it to find the problem and fix the problem. And that is about a bajillion times easier said than done. But we're always growing and building our compliance programs. And addressing a root cause of an issue is, is going to be key in helping us find where we're not quite there. One of the things you're going to need to do with your root cause analysis, however, is determine if you need remediations. And if you need remediations, how to put them into place, and importantly, you need to develop a measure of success. So if you need to remediate an issue, if you need more processes, if you need increased controls or additional training, then you also should put in place a way to measure the effectiveness of what you've done. Because if it isn't on paper, it might as well not exist. So if you're going through all of the effort to rebuild and, and help your program, fix problems in your program, or just make your defenses stronger, then make sure that you're documenting where you were and a way to measure where you get to and where you're going. I also say that you want to carry all of your RCA findings into your regular risk assessments. So you're doing risk assessments. Uh, for us, we're, we're doing about 20 a year in my program. 
we want to make sure that all of our root cause analysis that comes up from investigations or previous assessments also gets folded into those risk assessments. And so when we're looking and assessing risk throughout the organization, we want to make sure, A, that we don't have this risk in places where we weren't aware or, or that we didn't know about. And B, where we've identified that we have a risk, we want to make sure that through our risk assessments, we're maintaining our trajectory to fix it or keeping it on our radar to uh, continually improve. So put it on your risk assessment plan. Keep checking in on it. It's like a toddler. If they're quiet in the other room for more than 12 seconds, you, you're probably going to need to get up because there's definitely crayon on the wall. Do you use your um, root cause analysis in training? And if so, how do you use it in training? Our training, we have a vendor and we push out training. Um, we do specific training to different areas and that training is me and a PowerPoint and people having to listen to me um, talk at them <laughs> for an extended period of time. We use root cause analysis because we use real life examples in, in this real time training. So we say, hey, this person reported a problem. We didn't know we had the problem. We looked into it. We fixed it. That's how we're training our organization to know that it's okay to report problems, to build our credibility that we're investigating them, and then that we're fixing them. It also, I, I like to have an open conversation with everyone in the business. I don't want to be the person standing and yelling from sort of, from the podium or, or the dais saying that these are the rules you must follow them. I want to have a conversation. And I think that talking about root cause analysis and why things are happening in the organization, even if it's not compliance related, helps deepen that conversation and helps give me a better sense of what's going on throughout the entire organization. Why are we doing the things we're doing? And do we need to stop doing those or do more of it? How can using a root cause analysis in training help give context so that those being trained employees will really understand this was the situation, this is what we found, and this is what led to the incident issue, failure, whatever you choose to call it. And it, can you really use it to, to educate uh, employees, but also get them to buy in to the change you're asking them to make? Tom, that's a great question. It's when we're making changes, we wanna change on the changes, train on the changes, but we also wanna explain why. Do we have to? The DOJ doesn't say. They don't care if we give context or not. They just want to make sure our people know to make good choices. But adult learning principles and just being a human who talks to other adults tells us that context is really important. So if we're training on changes we've made to a program because of what we found with our RCA, then we're going to explain, hey, friends, we're here today. We're making some changes. We realized maybe you didn't have the tools maybe you guys didn't know the resources available or maybe we put a wrong process in place and so we've realized these things happened and now we're changing them and we want you to know as our team our, our work 
family that this is part of our ongoing commitment to, to doing better and being better, but it also takes all of us. And so that's why we're training you on the new process. And I think that you get a lot more buy-in when you tell people why and not uh, because I said so. If you understand something, you're much more likely to go along with it. You talked about uh, the root cause analysis could also be incorporated into your ongoing risk assessment going forward. And then from there, additional monitoring of the change you made based upon the root cause analysis, and of course, leading to continuous improvement. Uh, if I heard that correctly, do you really see a root cause analysis fitting into that continuum that, that we now hear the Department of Justice say, it's a risk assessment to continuous monitoring to continuous improvement. Can a root cause analysis help inform that process? Absolutely. So we know that it's, a root cause analysis happens when we find something we need to fix, or at least we need to investigate further. And anytime we find something we need to investigate further, it's an opportunity for us to continually assess it, monitor it, and then change our programs to react to it. So to me, whenever you're getting information about your program, about the efficacy of your program, that is just information you can use to translate into continuous improvement. Is it always going to be huge? No. Is it always going to be measurable? Maybe not. But it's little pieces that help you be that much better as a compliance function and help your organization understand their obligations that much more. So to me, it fits in probably prior to risk assessment, but also after risk assessment, it, it's it's a little like um, a, a penumbra <laughs> where it just it, it floats in there. So we're we're gonna say yes, it's included. Don't make me draw on a map where I would put it in in the cycle because I think it's just inherent to the cycle itself. Any lessons learned that we might articulate in this section that you think, um, a compliance officer should take away regarding root cause analysis? Absolutely. So the DOJ has been really clear in the last two years. They expect compliance officers and compliance function to be proactive instead of reactive. 20 years ago, everything was reaction. You react and then you change things as you need to. The expectation now is that you're going to be proactive. Root cause analysis helps you be proactive. While doing the root cause analysis might be because you're reacting to an investigation, you can use the findings of that analysis to be proactive and change things in your program. So if I find out that there's a process that isn't working and I need to change it in one line of business, I can proactively look to the other lines of business or other areas that have similar processes and use what I learned in the root cause analysis to build better and the pieces that were completely unrelated to it. Also, it's always helpful if we understand why people are doing things they shouldn't do. We need to know why. Are we hiring terrible people? Do we not have our controls set up properly? Are we not training them enough? Do we have a culture issue? We need to look under the rug to find out why things are happening and not just how they happen. 
And the root cause analysis is, is the tool in our toolbox that lets us do that. So Courtney, for our rallying, rallying cry today, we actually uh, have a quote from Plato, which is ignorance is the root cause of all difficulties. And I selected this one because I felt it was applicable in 2021. And that uh, uh, not only is ignorance the root cause of all difficulties, but you use a root cause analysis so that hopefully you won't be ignorant of the difficulties that you may have faced uh, in your compliance program. So with that, um, we are uh, at the end of our time. You wanna take us home? Sure, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you again in our next episode of Survive and Thrive. I'm Courtney Nordrum. And I'm Tom Fox. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to visiting with you again. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast? Do you have an idea which you think would be helpful to the compliance community? Do you have a great story to tell? If any of these are true, why don't you start a podcast and put it on the Compliance Podcast Network? I have partnered with One Stone Creative to create a end-to-end solution for you to tell your story on the Compliance Podcast Network. If you have questions, please email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And more importantly, I hope you will tell your story with your podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network.